Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I am host Kofi Outlaw, and with me today in CB Studios is my buddy Logan Moore. This is weird. I've never recorded too many of these like in studio like this. It's 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 unusual. Well, get comfortable because uh, <laughs> this is only episode two of four, so we got a couple more weeks of Invincible to go. But uh, if you haven't missed it, and this is my usual plug. Subscribe to all Comic Book Nation platforms. Subscribe to our audio platforms on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube page. We were dropping this content and a whole lot more. Even this week, we have a lot going on. We have Attack on Titans ending. We have our comic segment, the poll list. We got Invincible recaps, our regular show. The Marvels is coming out. Loki is ending. There's a lot going on, so be sure to subscribe so we can uh, get all of that to you. Now, let's get back on what we are here to talk about. Invincible Season 2, Logan, I know we're not going to beat around the bush because, uh, yeah, like I said, I keep saying this no-cap recap thing and now we got to live it. But uh, (laughs) we talked before the show, like, this was still a good Invincible episode. It's, I think I put it in the show notes. Let's see what past Kofi wrote here. He said something, did this keep up the momentum of the Season 2 premiere? Was it packed with too much? Or is this exactly what we love about Invincible? Um, this episode was called in in about six minutes, and, and then there's a whole other thing. I just say in six minutes, dot, 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 and just leave it at that. But, of course, the main thrust of the episode was kind of Mark trying to get over still this kind of identity crisis he's having about, you know, the daddy issues. Will I be my father? Will I not? It's expressed through this mission he goes on. Mm-hmm. It involves Atlantis, but it also has so much more going on. I'm actually like writing the recaps for these for comicbook.com each week, the uh, like the article versions. And this one was like, last week was like me kind of like having to fill out a lot of like moments and scenes and saying, oh, this mm-hmm. is like a lot of depth happens in them. This one was like rapid fire. It was like, boom, this happens. Boom, this happens. Boom, this happens. Then we're over here. We kind of follow so many characters in this one. We follow, there's drama with Mark. There's Debbie. There's Adam and Eve has a whole arc. We meet a whole new character in Rush, the astronaut slash yeah. Martian slash shapeshifter. Shapesmith. Shapesmith. Is yeah. His name? Like, yeah. there's so much going mm-hmm. on in this. Plus, you know, Angstrom Levy, Mark's personal life. You've got duplicate and duplicate uh, and immortal. And, and like, immortal and yeah, the Guardians have their own drama. So there's a lot that mm-hmm. is like seriously packed into this episode. Was it too much for you? 
I don't know if it was too much. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm going to probably mention this on all of our recaps. As somebody who's read the comics, this is kind of how the comics are. They're always juggling a bunch of different storylines at once. So I'm kind of used to how Invincible tells its stories. Um, I think more than anything, there's just not anything, there's not any larger things that I feel like we're really building towards in this episode. There's just a lot of smaller character moments. And like you said, all of those are important. There's a lot of things that happen with Debbie and with Adam Eve and with Mark and all the different characters you mentioned that are important for their characters moving forward, but there's nothing in the larger scope of like Invincible in the story. And there's a lot of stuff from the end of season one that still really hasn't been, you know, touched on. Like, where is Nolan? Where is an Omni-Man? What's going on there? Are we going to see him back? We know the Viltrumites are out there. Like, where's Alan the alien? Like, we know him and Mark had had a... Like, there's just a lot of these lingering story threads that don't really get touched on in this episode. And the things that they do opt to kind of highlight is like, hey, we're going to go spend some time... Remember Darkwing? Well, here's the new Darkwing. And here's... Yeah, remember I mean, at- Atlantis? Even... Like, here's here's Atlantis now. And like, oh, Donald's got his own little side story now. Donald got blown up, but now he's alive. And I mean, that's something people actually had a big question about and, yeah. and with episode one. Like, wait, how is he alive again? So yeah, they was... do touch on that in this episode. And um, I, I like where that ends up kind of going. Um, but yeah, there is a lot in this episode but none of it feels super important now um and and it is weird too because again i've seen the first four episodes so i like know how this first uh, chunk of season two kind of burned by knowledge stark this is what happens yes i i know how the season progresses so i know that like this episode does a lot of good heavy lifting for where the other episodes go and so in that sense it does feel pivotal but on its own like when i just went to rewatch this before we recorded this i was like oh this is kind of like a boring episode in some ways yeah but even as we're seeing kind of the trailer seasonal trailer footage play like I forgot. I was got finally got to my notes and just saw how many things were in here. We get the return of Doc Seismic. Yes. So we pay off that whole thing in, in season one <laughs> at the end where the post credit scene where he ends up with like the lava chuds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there's that whole thing. But this episode is so packed. That's what I kept thinking is like things that you think would be the centerpieces of other shows and episodes are so rapid fire. Mm-hmm burn through that whole sequence is both the return of doc seismic this thing from season one and mark's graduation from high school Mm -hmm. and so like you know graduation day and like any other superhero show would have been the whole episode like having to do all this thing to get to graduation on time does the hero Mm -hmm. make it or not what's the speech what does it mean for the episode this is just the kickoff for this episode Mm -hmm. So we have this. I even forgot about the mission to the dark universe or the cursed universe where yeah. we get uh, Darkwing's sidekick or not Darkwing. Was that his name? I forget. Uh, it was. It's, dark, Darkwing. it's Darkwing. Yeah. Yeah. Darkwing's his, sidekick. His, like, his protege has now yeah. taken up the mantle or whatever. Yeah. And, they, yeah. and he's basically like Cloak from, you know, Cloak and Dagger mm-hmm. and that whole thing and the voice. Yeah. And there's so there's like three separate just even big villain kind of things that happen in like, this episode. Like you talk about the episode, it's called like in six minutes and then it's it's in reference to the stuff with Atlantis and the fish people and stuff like that. But even that's like a five to 10 minute section of the episode. Yeah. Like there is just a lot of things happening rapid fire next to one another. And it doesn't feel, again, I, di- I didn't feel like it felt too packed at any point. Like it, it moves at a good pace to where everything is kind of, naturally progressing to some degree mark is i feel like there's so much that happens in the episode because 
Mark is looking to stay busy. He's like asking Cecil for work. Keep yeah. me busy. Keep me out there. I want to be a superhero. I'm trying to distract myself from these personal matters that he knows he's kind of struggling with at the moment. That sort of comes out during one interaction at home with his mom, with Debbie. Um, so he's just trying to keep himself preoccupied. And so I feel like this episode kind of, in that sense, puts you into his sort of mind frame of like, putting a bunch of carrots in front of your in front of the viewer's face constantly. Um, um yeah, but in the midst of that, it still does manage to also balance with some real deep emotional stuff. Like mm-hmm. the, I mean, I, to its credit, this episode does kind of thematically pay off in the moment where Mark is ordered to leave Atlantis and disobeys that order because he is more compassionate than his father and even though these people were like going to screw him over the fish people were basically going to mm-hmm. you know see if he get killed and eaten he saves them anyway because he's not omni-man he doesn't consider them like lower life forms in that kind of like scary sociopathic way that omni-man looks at things and the complexity of him both disobeying an order but doing it for reasons right that are reasons, known for the right man. reasons um yeah all of that so that is a good payoff there's some really powerful emotional stuff with Debbie when she, the whole real estate thing, like that's real serious stuff. That scene where she sees that other couple and the husband's like completely not really over the line of abusive, but like not good guy, like clearly. Yeah. And her reaction to that and the lasting trauma of her being treated like a pet and that thing she says and, you know, mm-hmm. where that leads with her just like wrecking the house by the end is just like, that's all powerful stuff. And I even thought, I I think I wrote in the show notes, like, man, this show, that Adam Eve content, like, really just does hit different. Like, that special, everything with her, her, like, foster step-parents or whatever it is, like, every time I get to see with them, I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for this. And (laughs) this one, you don't think, and they do a good job, this show does a great job of just making characters gray. Mm -hmm. Like, so you think her dad's like a jerk. Until he has this, and I understand this as a father because he's been trying. I'm sure him and the wife talk like, don't say anything about like this thing until he can't hold it in the morning. He just shows her the paper and he's like, no, I know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a, like I'm older and wiser than you and I know what I'm saying. And you don't, you know, basically think these things through. And that was just like, that's a real powerful thing. And just like, again, such a little moment, that little scene where she goes to the park and she sees the mother and daughter and they're like, yeah, we've been talking about this forever and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they end up getting hurt and like, yeah. So... It still manages to pack in the heart in the midst of all of this kind of comic booky craziness. And so that's a credit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is an episode that I had to watch two times before I really even could remember everything that yes. happened and and pick up on everything that I was supposed to pick up on, like subtly. Yeah, I really had to go back and rewatch this one before we did this because a lot of it, again, there, there's just no single thing in this episode that really jumps out in my mind when I think about it. Um, I mean, the duplicate immortal thing is the only thing that stuck out when I was just like, <laughs> saw it again. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about, oh, I forgot about this. Um, but, um, all right, I think I think we got it. I think we got it. Let's uh, talk about the ending because we do get a brief, as you can see in our like little header image here, we get a kind of v- brief kind of scene with Angstrom Levy and we see kind of what he's now doing with these new powers, which is what's interesting about this guy and this take on it with the multiverse is 
and you kind of alluded to this as somebody who read the comics and said, like, you know, promised us in the uh, thing, it's all on you, but, like, you promised <laughs> us that this guy is, like, a really good villain. The way they use mm-hmm. this is really good. Because there were a lot of people who said, oh, my God, another multiverse show. And, like, of course, this was written in the 2000s, and, like, mm-hmm. Invincible's really old, but, like, not really old, but, like, it earned its spot to tell this story before mm-hmm. this became the thing. But we see how he's different than, say, like, Kang the Conqueror or something like that. Like, he's just literally kind of slipping through dimensions, and he's gathering intel. Like, which is really interesting. He's saying, like, how did they beat you on this planet? And he's like, okay. And And then he leaves. (laughs) He kind of has... The thing that I like is he has sort of... Something that I like about, like, a lot of, like, Spider-Man villains is he has, like, a personal vendetta against Mark. And so he's going through other timelines and seeing how he's been beat and seeing how other timelines played out or how other universes played out. But he's doing it all to d- get back at the one who slighted him in in his universe which is the mark grayson that we know and so that's a very i i love villains that are specifically out there there he doesn't yeah. want to like get rich or control the world or anything he's just like no i i just want to defeat invincible like this is just this is my arch nemesis and i have to find a way to get at him in all in all ways that i can and i i love that like that's that's something i feel like comics almost don't do enough nowadays and it's it makes it that much more enticing uh i mean yeah that was great like yeah classic spider-man i mean one of the best mysteries is still the green goblin which is mm-hmm. you know somebody who was specifically messing with spider-man so i mean i'm on board for that so yeah, this was a kind of, I mean, this was one of those, like you say, it's not a filler, but it's definitely like a, sta- a table setting episode what for did, sure. What did you think about the other stinger at the end with the Lizard League and their returning King? leader? <laughs> I realized at first I messaged Matt and I was like, I don't think I actually, the first time through, I think I was going through these so fast. Mm-hmm. I don't think I even got to that scene mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have gotten to it either, except I just had it on. I was like writing down notes for the recap. Mm-hmm. Then I came back and I was like, wait, what? And I, even, and I was like, oh my God, like there's a whole <laughs> thing with this too. The Liz- I even forgot to mention, yeah, the Lizard League's in this. So there's like... Yeah, there's a show where there's, like, four or five different, like, villain antagonists that actually get, like, scenes and develop. I mean, and there's stuff that we don't even see in this episode. Again, where's Omni-Man? What, yeah. are, the, what are the Maulers doing now? Or the lone remaining Mauler, you know? Like, there's yeah. a lot of... There's so many things being juggled at once at all times at Invincible. Yeah. Um, but luckily, there's recap shows here, and we can help you get through all of it. We will be here each week. Uh, as we said, you may need to even drop off, rewatch this episode a second time and come back and, and kind of look at all the things we were talking about. But uh, Logan, thank you for uh, jumping in with me. You have uh, any, because you have, you are burned by so much knowledge. You have any fun teases for everybody? Uh, episodes three and four are my favorite of the first chunk. So okay. it only gets better from here. And I think this season's off to a strong start. Like, I, I know I'm a little bit down on this episode. I still think this is a good episode of TV, but in the context of the larger season, three and four are my two favorites by far. And I'm excited to see how people react to these coming up here. Okay. Oh, man, I'm excited, too. I love knowing that people are going to be freaking on Twitter. It's my favorite thing. This has been our Invincible Recap. We are Comic Book Nation. As I said at the start, please be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms where we drop Invincible Recaps, our regular show of all things geek culture 
and a whole lot more coming down the pipeline. I'm Kofi Outlaw. This is Logan Moore. We'll see you guys for another Invincible recap next week. Comic Book Nation, peace.